Happy Thursday, Razorback fans. You're two days away from Arkansas versus Texas A&M and AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Jerry's World, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Excited for it today on the Gridiron Hawks podcast. We got Alex Miller. He's a reporter for the Eagle, which is the newspaper there in Bryan College Station. Um, he, uh, he, he, he was really good, Robert. He, I thought that, uh, Alex provided us with as much insight, talked about film, all that great stuff, uh, as anybody that we've had on this year. So, uh, excited for you guys to listen to that interview. I got Robert Stewart with me. This is the Gridiron Hogs podcast. I'm Mason Choate. We're from hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Go check it out. And this is our daily podcast, the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Uh, Robert. Let's talk injury report for Arkansas going in to this game against Texas A&M. And it's really not not as lengthy as it has been because it seems like they haven't really added anything since last week. They've really just, you know, gained Miles Slusher and then possibly Dominique Johnson. The Dominique Johnson situation, I feel like I don't I don't I don't know how to read it anymore because I think he's been good to go for two weeks now. So it's like, what do you do? But Miles Slusher should play in this game. You talked about how on Tuesday he was not in green. He was a full go. Um, Dominique Johnson, we know that he's a full go. Don't know if he's going to play, though. Don't really know if Arkansas needs him at this point. It seems like Rocket Sanders has proved that he's the man. Um, Ladarius Bishop still don't think he's going to play. Don't think he's been at practice. Uh, Obviously, Jalen Catalan, he's out for the season. Uh, Shoulder surgery. Uh, Trey Knox and Latavius Brini, they were dealing with ankle issues going into last week. Seems like both of them, they're going to be good. They both played last week. I think they'll both be fine. Uh, anything else that I'm missing, Robert? I think I really think that's it, right? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, you mentioned the number sevens. Both of them were fully dressed out at Tuesday's practice. So barring any setbacks, I would think they're good to go. And th- I mean – for for where Arkansas was, I mean, it felt like everything was going wrong injury wise, and now it seems like they're good going into the biggest game of the season so far. So uh, that's a good thing for Arkansas. Um, as far as what Sam Pittman and Jimbo Fisher had to say on their final media availabilities on Wednesday, wasn't really a whole lot. Nothing really newsworthy. Um, just a lot of cookie cutter stuff that you were expecting to hear. A lot of talk about the neutral side. I think. I think that's what I want to focus on tomorrow is this the whole neutral side thing on tomorrow's episode. So we'll talk about why this game between Arkansas and Texas A&M and really just any neutral side game at all should should not be played. Like, it's college football. You need to play a game on campus. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, but let's get into this interview with Alex Miller from the Eagle. Very good stuff from Alex. So here he is. All right, we now welcome on Alex Miller from the Eagle he reports on Texas A&M, so he's going to give us some insight on the Aggies. Um, Alex, first question for you. This is something that I, I'm a little curious about, and I'm sure you've gotten it a lot from a lot of people. The Appalachian State game, we know how it went. We know what happened to Texas A&M. They bounced back against Miami. But what weaknesses did Appalachian State expose against A&M that maybe Arkansas could this weekend? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Mason. Um you know, I think that what App State did really well is that um, they they showed you can run the ball on AM a little bit. And that's something that Arkansas could definitely exploit this weekend up in Arlington. 
you know, App State kind of gave A&M a dose of its own medicine and really controlled the game from start to finish. Something under Jimbo Fisher's that A&M's offense, they, they really like to control the game, control the clock, control the tempo. Uh, and, and App State did that exactly the way A&M normally does when they win games. And so um, being able to sustain drives and, you know, big thing was App State had a lot of success on first down, especially in that run game, averaged about five yards carry. And so, you know, that, that was a huge deal of how they were able to just keep A&M's defense on the field and wear them out from start to finish. And then, you know, A&M just wasn't able to sustain drives. I mean, they only had, um, they only had like 38 plays in that game, which is just kind of crazy to think about. And so, you know, if Arkansas can uh, sustain some drives and, you know, hit A&M big where, where they can get them, that'd be big for the Razorbacks because, a&M shown that they they'll let they'll let opposing offenses stay on the field if uh, they can they can get it going there in that run game. So I was looking at the at the line for this game earlier this morning, and it's currently at Arkansas plus two. So the Aggies are two point favorites, and yet Arkansas is a top ten team. A uh, and M's lucky to, to to still be in the top twenty five after that loss to App State. So do, you, do you, I mean do you? think that line makes sense to, to start this game? You know, I could see why. Um, it, I mean, A&M was in the top 10 for, for kind of a reason for the season. I mean, they, they had a lot of talent. Uh, they still have a lot of talent. They, they've got capability. It's just A&M just hasn't put it all together. Uh, they had some injuries early in the season. I mean, they were missing three or four starters against App State. A&M's offensive line looked, looked better last week when they got back center Bryce Foster. Uh, and so, you know, he's a guy that is a freshman All-American last year, started in all 12 games, uh, really the anchor of that offense. And, you know, Haynes King didn't play that great, but if you go back and you watch the film, uh, the, the snaps remain in second string. It just a lot of times weren't that great. And, I mean, he's having to field it up here and down by his, by his ankles, uh, just kind of throwing off some timing issues. And so, you know, if AM can get Bryce Foster back at full strength and really get him going, that, that would really help the AM offensive line. Uh, you know, either way, I'm not surprised that the line's close because we know anything about this game. It's, it's always got drama. It's always a nail biter. It always seems to come down to the end. Last year was kind of an anomaly when you think about it. Arkansas won by what, 10? It was 20 to 10. One 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 that close to the game is AM cut it to seven in the third quarter, but uh, you know, this is a game that year in and year out seems to go down to the final final possession, final few minutes. Uh, and I, I see this game being the same way. So talk to us about this Texas AM offense because I, I did my breakdown yesterday on Wednesday and Arkansas leads in every offensive category. And I mean, yeah, Arkansas's offense has been pretty good so far through three weeks. But I mean, normally you're expecting A and M to be somewhat close, and it doesn't seem like they are. So what's really going on there? And do you think Max Johnson is the answer? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's still a little too early to tell uh, how good Max Johnson's going to be. Um, but against Miami, he he definitely commanded the offense pretty well, and he led them on some really key scoring drives. Uh, you know. Something that AM struggled to do under Jimbo Fisher is score on their first possession. And AM got a field goal against Miami. And while it was only three points, the fact that they got points is something that, you know, you don't really see uh, with AM and when Jimbo Jimbo's calling plays. 
Anum also took care of the ball. You know, one of the biggest knocks on Haynes King is that he, he turned the ball over a lot. He had, he had about as many turnovers as he did touchdowns. And so um, that was something that Jimbo really praised about Max Johnson multiple times after the game and his Monday press conference that Max Johnson just took care of the ball. He's definitely got to be a little quicker uh, making decisions and avoiding sacks. And then that's something Arkansas could probably take advantage of. I mean, they, they're right up there at the top leading the nation in sacks. Uh, I know Drew Sanders having a great, great season. They got, they got a good defensive line. Uh, you know, definitely expect Max Johnson to start again. All indications that that's going to be the case. Uh, there's good potential for what AM can do if he gets things going in the passing game, which seems to be a weakness for Arkansas. Uh, you know, you look at last week, AM was out without its stud freshman Evan Stewart and its key backup, Chris Marshall. They were suspended for the game due to violation of team rules. They'll be back this week. Anum made some big plays over the top in their season opener against Sam Houston, but they, they really just haven't gone to the deep ball that much the last couple of weeks. And so being able to hit a big one over the top, that, that'd probably be big for the Aggies, uh, especially if they get into a hole like they did last year, down 17 to nothing, get a little jolt of life. Uh, and like I said earlier, you know, Anum's getting better on his offensive line. Uh, Devon A. Chain, I mean, he, he, is a, he is a playmaker. He's got world-class speed. Uh, looking to get a little better running between the tackles. Uh, it's not, not as big of a body as what you've seen in the past from and running backs like Isaiah Spiller, uh, but uh, they're starting to get a little bit of a rotation going in there at running back too. Curious to see how, how A&M can, you know, if they can keep making those steps forward this week and, and exploit some of Arkansas's weaknesses that are starting to be known. So I remember on Monday, Sam Pittman specifically singled out Devon A. Chain and Anaya Smith as playmakers that, you know, they're, they're going to try to contain. Uh, if, if Arkansas is able to, to limit those guys' production, uh, who, are, who are some other Aggies that could give, give the Razorbacks some trouble uh, on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, if they, if they can really contain those two guys, I mean, it's going to be tough for A&M to get things going on offense. Uh, Evan Stewart's definitely a guy that they're going to have to contain, though. Uh, he's a true freshman, five-star prospect out of Frisco. Uh, he, he, he is a day-one starter at wide receiver. And, you know, Anna's really just not had that home run threat at wide receiver under Jimbo Fisher. Uh, they haven't really had a guy like that since Christian Kirk was playing about five years ago. And so he's a guy that... He's got all the talent and he's got all the, the tools. It's just a matter of, can he put it all together? You know, he, he was starting to have a nice little game against App State and, and he caught a, he got about a 20 yard pass, got into App State territory and then he fumbles it because he's just holding the ball out super wide, like he's playing 5A high school football. And so, you know, A&M's going to need him to grow up fast and, and be, a, be a playmaker. Uh, Chris Marshall, like I said, he was another guy that was suspended last week. Uh, he's, he's a guy that's really come along and will, will probably end up being a really good player at A&M. Um, so those are two guys to watch out for. Yolkeith Brown, he's a receiver that's kind of waited his turn. He, he gets in the rotation, not a starter, but a key backup. Uh, he's got some speed on, on the outside. And then, you know, at, at running back, um, a, a, it's been mostly Devon A-Chain, but could see a guy like LJ Johnson, who, who he's also waited his turn, a uh, guy that could come in and, and get some key carries for the Aggies. So 
but yeah, I mean, the, the focus is definitely on a chain and, and Aniah Smith. I mean, if, if Arkansas can get those two guys down, uh, they'll be in pretty good shape. We're talking with Alex Miller of the Eagle here on the Gridiron Hogs podcast. Alex, you kind of hit it earlier, the the run defense for Texas A&M. I'm looking here at the numbers. Their pass defense, top 10 in the country, only allowing 147 yards per game through the air. But the run defense is 83rd in the country. And, I mean, as you probably know, Arkansas's bread and butter is to run the ball. So it seems like that kind of plays into Arkansas's favor. Um, how do you think that the Aggies can, you know, limit that and maybe force Arkansas to throw the ball, which would then maybe favor A&M? You know, what's interesting is if you go back and watch the tape, A&M's played a lot of three-man fronts on its defensive line, only putting maybe five, maybe six in the box. Uh, their, their base defense is a 4-2-5. It's a nickel look. And uh, against, against App State, they played a lot of three-man front. And whereas App State, you know, may have thrown the ball a lot the week before and against North Carolina, they were just taking advantage of a, a small box and, and running up the middle and getting good yardage here and there and just kind of nickel and diamond their way down the field. Anum's not really likely to give up the big home run plays on, in the run game. But allowing four yards to carry, I mean, that just really allows the opponent to just march their way down and kind of control the game. So a has got to be better on the run stoppage. You know, given what Arkansas is able to do uh, in the run game and, and what they've got on the offensive line, I, I'd be surprised if A&M plays a lot of three-man front against the Razorbacks. Um, but, you know, that, that's something that's, that's definitely concerning. A&M's got couple of pretty good linebackers but that that's definitely their thinnest position on the defense uh, they, they they like to rotate on the defensive line you'll see that a lot throughout the game they're subbing guys in all the time uh, and so mixing up some looks uh, mixing up personnel and uh, definitely something AM's has got to handle because I mean Rocket Sanders sounds like he's off to a great start and Arkansas definitely got a veteran offensive line so AM's gonna have to do well to uh, Keep it, keep it, keep it tight on defense. So you brought up the uh, the suspensions from last week a couple of times already. I'm, uh, I want to talk about those for a minute. I remember seeing a video of, I think it was one of the freshman receivers that was just flying through the parking garage. I assume he was one of those four guys that was suspended. So yeah, that was a that was their freshman cornerback Denver Harris, who was you know whipping around the garage at a really high rate of speed. Uh, you know, definitely something you don't want to see. Uh, definitely, you know, a, a lack of maturity there. Um, you know, they, they need these guys to grow up fast because uh, they're, they're going to have to depend on some of these guys like, like Evan Stewart, like Denver Harris. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something the Aggies don't like to see for sure. Um, but, you know, it sounds like, sounds like they're trying to do their best to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. And, you know, we'll see, see if they can get those things corrected. Uh, do you expect those suspensions to last into this week or for the, the issues to linger at all, even if they aren't suspended for this game? Yeah, the, the suspensions are definitely over. Uh, it sounds like those guys are definitely going to play this week. And I, and I mean, as for the issues, I mean, I guess we'll see, uh, you know, stuff like that happens and, you know, kids kind of get a wake up call. It's, all right. Well, football is a privilege. It's, it's not something that is a, is a right. And so, uh, 
ha- having having something like that can you know uh, if you're A&M hopefully get them to turn a corner and uh, get things into gear because like I said they're gonna they're gonna need those guys I mean they, they brought them in for a reason and they're playing early for a reason so I'm looking at the the pro football focus numbers here and it looks like A&M's pass blocking and run blocking has been a little shaky through three games and you kind of talked about a little bit of the offensive line uh, is, issues especially at the center position um and Arkansas has been really good on the D-line. They lead the country in sacks. Drew Sanders is incredible. Um, on the offensive line, the battle in the trenches, what's A&M got to do to slow down this Arkansas pass rush? Because we know the secondary issues Arkansas has, but it they do a great job of, you know, kind of covering that up with the pass rush. Yeah, I mean, A&M's just got to get those plays to develop real quick. I mean, in in a day of RPO and quick passes, A&M's, they're, they're, Jimbo's offense is old school. You know, they're still letting that play develop. They're running play action, bootlegs, stuff like that. Uh, so they, they've got to get that stuff to develop really quick and not give Arkansas the time to get to the quarterback. And so, like I said earlier about Max Johnson, he's got to be a little quicker in his decision making. And, you know, they can't, they can't, they, they got to avoid those, you know, seven, eight, nine yard losses, put them behind the chains, get them in those second and long, third and long kind of situations. They've got to win first down too. I mean, they, they've got to get push up front. And like I said earlier too, Devon A. Chain, he's, he's probably got to run a little better between the tackles. Uh, you get that guy in space, good luck. Um, but uh, he he's got to be able to he's got to be able to be strong between the tackles, especially when you're going up a front like Arkansas has got. So you you mentioned uh, earlier that you know this game historically, or at least since they've been playing at Jerry World, that tends to bring out the best in both teams. Um, Arkansas has already got an SEC game under its belt, but the Aggies don't. Um, I, I imagine the the Razorbacks would have an easier time getting up for this one. Than, than Missouri State last week. But, uh, I mean, do you, you expect this trend of, uh, you know, the, the best in both teams to continue this year? Yeah, I, th- I think this is, on, on paper, at least one of the best matchups that we've seen in this series in, in a while. Um, and, I mean, Arkansas is ranked 10th for a reason. I mean, they've got a great team. They're, they're full of veterans. Uh, Sam Pittman's really got them going in the right direction right now. I mean, this could be a huge win for Arkansas and don't they have Alabama next. Isn't that right? So, I mean, you get a win over A&M and, you know, you're, you're playing Alabama. Uh, the Hogs would be rolling. Uh, but on the flip side, I mean, A&M after last week, I mean, they've, they've got a little bit of a semblance of hope uh, after kind of saving their season and getting a good win over Miami that went over a top 15 team. And, you know, I think I think that lost Arkansas last year really caught A&M's attention because until then A&M had just I mean let's be honest they had had the Hogs number for about a whole decade and so Arkansas they're they're not they're not the same program they were three four or five years ago I mean this is a definitely a different program that's headed in the right direction and you know A&M's in year five under Jimbo they 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 want and expect to be winning these kind of games and being in though the upper echelon of the SEC, whereas Arkansas, you know, they're still trying to rise the ranks and, and get their way toward the top. And, you know, they're on their way. A win over A&M would put them on their way. And so 
I think I think Arkansas has definitely got A&M's attention. This is a game A&M is is not taking lightly at all. It's a game they want to win, especially after last year, just the way they came out so flat and just played really poor. Uh, that that's just the truth of it. So you know you get a win, you get a win over Arkansas, and the the outlook of A&M season's really changed. And, and if you lose, it, it doesn't get a lot better because. Next week, they're playing at Mississippi State. AM struggled in Starkville over the last few years. And then they go on the road to Alabama. And, I mean, that's all you have to say is that, I mean, if you watch, if you watch anything in the offseason in college football, you know that AM and Alabama October 8th is, is going to be one to watch. So, uh, you know, AM doesn't want to look two and four in the face heading into their bye week. They, they want to be four and two or, you know, they can somehow pull another upset over Alabama, be five and one. And, they're right back in the thick of things. They control their own destiny. Um, so, you know, not, not, not sure they can do that, but uh, you know, that's, that's something they definitely are, are, are seeking to, to get after. And it, it starts this week in Arlington. Alex, you did go to A&M, correct? That is correct. I did. Okay. So, I mean, I can't have, we can't do this interview and I don't ask you about, all the videos that have been surfacing and then not surfacing because they've been wiped off the internet. What is, what is your take on that? I mean, you're an A&M guy, so I'm assuming that you're okay with it, but is it, is it kind of weird to you that it's taken off like this when it's something that's been happening for a long time now? Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, part of it is just understanding what midnight yell is. I mean, in essence, it's a pep rally, right? It it's, it's a way for people to get together and, you know, get excited for the game. Uh, you know, a lot of the videos, it's, it's you know, A&M yell leaders. A&M doesn't have cheerleaders. They got yell leaders. It goes back to being an all-male college. Uh, but, you know, it, it's all in jest. And, and I think that's kind of lost in, in the shuffle. Yeah, maybe don't call people literate hillbillies. Um, but in, in, at the end of the day, it's all a joke. And, um, you know, should A&M have deleted those videos? Maybe not, but you know, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to kick a man when he's down. And that was certainly the case when A&M lost App State. Um, and you know, maybe part of that's, you know, A&M's own doing A&M in itself. I mean, let's be honest, it, it's, it's very cultish. Um, and you know, Aggies will acknowledge that. And if they don't, they're just completely brainwashed. Um, but at the same time, that's part of what just makes college football unique. You know, uh, A&M's got its cool, weird, whatever you want to describe it, quirky condition, traditions. And, you know, people love it. It's a great school. And, you know, as much as, you know, those jokes may seem weird or hurt, I guarantee you anybody that would go to Midnight Yell from App State, sure, they would have they poked your elbow in their ribs after they said that but then they probably would have been like hey hope you have a great time come by my tailgate here's a good place to eat uh hope you have a hope you have a great experience visiting here because i think in the most part aggies are very very kind and 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 good people that you know want want people to come and visit a&m and have a good experience so no i i like what you said i mean that's it's part of college football uh, us we're going to be making the trip down to arlington and one of the things that we said is hey we want to go check out midnight yell because it's one of those things that you want to see and it's part of college football and it's cool um another thing that's part of college football is you know the atmosphere 
on campus. And that's been something that's been talked about with Jimbo and Sam Pittman this past week is the neutral site game there at AT&T Stadium. Of course, A&M, with their home field advantage, they'd love to have that. Um, Arkansas as well. What's your take on the the neutral site? You know, I think it. I think it's been cool. It's been it's been different. It's been something unique. But I think it's time to get the this game back on campus. And I mean, you talk with Aggies. Fayetteville is a trip that they love to make. I mean, I've been to Fayetteville I think three times, and it's it's such a cool town. It's fun to visit. It's up in it's up in the up in the hills and the mountains. It's it's pretty up there. Um, and you know, it, it's just it, it, it's just different when it's on campus, you know, I think, I think these neutral site games, and I mean, you, you can see it in this one in particular. I mean, it, it's just, it's just not the same stadiums, not full um, tickets. They're just expensive, you know, parking, you, you, you pay your whole paycheck trying to just go to the game itself over in Jerry world. And at the end of the day, you just went to Arlington. You didn't even get to go to Fayetteville. Um, and so it's time. And I, I, both athletic directors have made it pretty clear, like, you know, once this contract ends in a couple of years, it's, it's going back to campus. And I think that'll be a good thing for these teams. It, it was fun while it lasted in Arlington. Don't get me wrong. I love watching games there and covering games there. It's a, it's a cool stadium to be at. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think overall it'll be good for this game to get back to campus talked about the beauties of college football with the midnight gal I think uh, games on campus is part of that as well so uh, I'm I'm in agreement with you there uh, last thing for me um, predictions you can offer a score um, you know any any other any other thing that might be interesting or bold we'll take it what you got yeah I I, I said it before I think this is going to be another great game between these two teams uh, this one's going to be pretty close I think I, I said it last night I I think Arkansas, right now I've got Arkansas winning by three. Uh, this is just, this Razorbacks team is really good. Uh, if, you, if you look at it on paper, they've got more answered. A&M's just got some questions that they, they've got to get settled. Um, but I'll be honest with you, this could go either way. It wouldn't surprise me if A&M ended up winning. Uh, but if you had to ask me right now, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the pigs by three. All right, Alex, this was great. We really enjoyed it. Go follow him at AlexMill20 on Twitter. Alex Miller from The Eagle, thank you for your time, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. All right, have a good one. You too.